Voice Music Podcast, hosted by Kashmir. to the third episode of the second season of the Bass Music Podcast. This week we got Devox. Alright, first song up though of the new music is D-Tree, song called Crew. Alright, here we go.
Next up, we got Tyler and Z Dougie, the song called Deeper. It's out on Wavecraft Collective. Pushing plates. It sounds real cool music, sounds better on the record, it sounds rumor, but it's not digital, it's all animal.
We got an absolutely amazing song, so minimal. It's out on Deep, Dark, and Dangerous. It's called Pippi in Dublin by Rhodes Beef. Listening to the Bass Music Podcast with Cashmere. Thank you. 
ich heiße Pippi Langstrumpf. Ich heiße Pippi Next up, we got Jeezy and Tree God, song called Run It. Thank <laughs> you. 
We got a song from JML, a song called Can't Help Myself. It's out on Visionary Labs. We got Hypho, Pavin, aka the Foreign Beggars. This one's called the Shades of Amaranth. Now they wanna know about P, now they wanna know about E, now they wanna know about Pick a Fab on the main stage in my whole 
next one coming in it's a remix of mount eden sierra leone by tate b We got Location, a song called Territories. It's out on Wormhole Music.
Next up, we got a song called Drop Top. It's with Run It. It's a Headbang Society premiere. The song is by Taboo. You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast. Trying I. Song is called I Used to Be Able to Fly. Alright? Strap in your seatbelts. This boy's weird. But I just can't figure it out. You know, could be you're working at it too hard. Too hard. Maybe you should just take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Yeah, but still, if I can't fly, 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 Then stop trying. Take long walks, look at the scenery, doze off at noon. Don't even think about flying. And then pretty soon you'll be flying again.
upon a swan. Oh, 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 oh,
Next up, totally opposite direction, we got Carbon and Dirty Snatcher. Dirty Snatcher. Song is called Baby. Alright, let's go. a big one from Schlumpy. Schlump Reset is the song. It is out on Wakan. Alright. Yo. 
bitch in the moon, but I'm in tune, so don't run up. Cause if you run up, I guarantee you ain't gon' leave if you're done up. Some nickel Chinese things with the bun up. I got the crown low, bitch, you just a run up. I put on my jewelry just to go to the bodega. And I keep it with me just so that I'm feeling safe. My feet is in Bottega. Alright, next up, I absolutely love this one. It's called Dead Wrong by Notorious Big, but it's the IDHS flip. Relax and take notes while I take totes of the marijuana smoke. <laughs> Throw you in a choke, gun smoke, gun smoke. Biggie smokes for mayor, the rap slayer, the hookalayer. Motherfuckers say your prayers Hail Mary full of grace Back the bitch in the face Take her Gucci bag and a North Face off her back Japper if she act Funny with the money Oh you got me mistaken honey I just want the paper The visa, the visa About like the vapors Who's the one you call Mr. Macho The head honcho Swift this like Who macho I got so much time I should be down with the stylistic Makeup to break up Just need to wake up Smell the Indonesia, teach you to a seizure Then fuck your mom's hips and skin to amnesia She don't remember shit, just the two hits Her hitting the floor and me hitting the clip On the tits, had the hooker begging for the dick, and your mom's an ugly love. My dick got rocked quick. I guess I was a combination of House of Pain and Bobby Brown. I was hopping around and jumping around. After then, I asked her who's the man. She said B I G, and I bust in her E Y E. You're dead wrong. Strong. Who got it going on? You're dead wrong. Rudy got it strong. Who got it going on? You're dead wrong. Weaker than strong, who got it going on? You're dead wrong. The weaker the strong, who got it going on? You're dead wrong. When I get dusted, I like to spread the blood like mustard. Trust it, my hardcore rain leaves you rusted. Who you think you're dealing with? And right. next up, we got Hedron. Songs called Super Vicious. It's out on Wubaholics. You're dead wrong. You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast with Cashmere.
rich, stupid bitches know I'm super vicious, like... Oh, 
Next up, Unglued, way back when, featuring Esther Durin. This is the Halogenics remix. This is out on Hospital Records, baby. Here we go.
last song of the newbies. This is Haven Woods and Nil. Song is called Lightspeed. It's out on Headbang Society. I got for you. Next up is the interview with Devox. All right. Go. All right. I'm recording on my end. You good? Yep, I'm good on my end. Cool. What are you recording in, by the way? Uh, so it's just a voice recorder uh, with my XLR into cool. my Scarlet. So yeah, normal stuff. Focus right, gang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Hell yeah. Well, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Devin Dominguez. I go by Devox. Uh, I run a Kind of like a all-around musical uh, non-profit called Unidentified Media Group. We're a label, event planners, uh, 
a, a lot of things. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I am based out of Austin, Texas, and that's where I'm at. Oh, that's awesome, man. I respect the the hustle and grind of a not only an artist but a promoter as well. That is uh, ridiculously challenging. It's definitely a lot. Uh, I hired a social media manager finally, so it's oh, a little bit less of a load. There you go, making moves. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I noticed just reading your little bio that uh, you got into the music scene initially as a photographer. Yeah, so back in 2007, I think I was about 15, I first started going to raves in New Mexico. Um, I lived in Albuquerque. And uh, basically, I picked up a camera when I was still in high school. And uh, we went to a rave. And I'm like, I want to take pictures of this. Yeah. So before I know it, I, I, I was wanting taking pictures of the events. Uh, I really enjoyed like seeing people's faces when they're more or less partying but it was really enjoying the music and you, you can see when somebody's just like sucked in into the whole ambiance of what we used to call raves they're more events now but yeah it's it's definitely changed over the years and that's kind of why i evolved as a person um it, it took maybe a couple of months before I started playing after um, I started taking pictures. I didn't really have the means to have equipment or play all the time, but I had a camera, so it was give and take. So I took the photography for the longest time. Yeah. Was there a specific show that really gave you the inspiration like okay i can do more than photography i want to get into the music now no there was this one it was in 2010 i don't know if you remember the line it was like a um a festival circuit more or less it was called delicious okay. and they would go to each state and they it was really electro house based and yeah. it was hyphy and big and I wanted to be that person on stage because um, that first one I think it was DJ Bam Bam and then um, one other big well known name um, Tommy Trash oh, seeing, yeah. them on, seeing them on stage I'm like oh man I gotta do this <laughs> yeah well that's awesome man um, so I want to talk about your like musical beginnings. What was the role of music in your early life? So I've been playing guitar, piano, and um, violin since I was about 10. Wow. Kind of picked them all up at once. Cause, Holy cow. Um, I was trying to get into band and it didn't really work out that way. So I tried a bunch of different instruments. I got good at a bunch of instruments and then ended up just settling into taking music theory classes and um, right in middle school. I think it was my eighth grade year when they offered it. Yeah. It was completely out of the blue. You don't normally see music theory pop into like a middle school setting. So I, I took it and um, it gave me a lot of knowledge um, that I appreciate dearly. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah, that right there sets you ahead of a lot of producers and DJs in the game. It, it does. Um, knowing your counts and how to read sheet music and how to be uh -huh. able to tie in 
different BPMs and uh, key signatures, knowing what all this means before you even go produce music, I probably would have been a deer in the headlights if I didn't do it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, that was me. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel it, dude. Um, well, so... What, so you started all those instruments at once. Um, how did you did you learn your instruments like from a, in a classroom setting then, or did you more teach yourself? So guitar, I went and took lessons. The uh, okay. piano, they offered an after school uh, thing. It was just like a bunch of people that knew how to pee, pee, play piano would get together, and that's how I learned from them. It wasn't really a stereotypical classroom yeah. um, like my guitar classes were and then violin I think I uh, can't remember who that violinist that was doing like EDM and stuff like that but it was like super early days before she even got into EDM that I was hearing her play like an electric violin oh. and I thought it was just a cool instrument so I picked it up and tried it and I, I, I think I'm just good with instruments so it worked out wow so what's your favorite instrument to play um, it's hard to say favorite. Yeah. Piano has range. Guitar mm. has range if you know how to use it classically bound. So like using the guitar for itself to play, say, drums more or less on the guitar itself. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, if, if you're doing finger picking or any alternate picking stuff, you, you can get a lot more range on a guitar. So I would probably say my guitar is my favorite because it's the one I pick up the most. But Ooh. the most challenging definitely was the violin. Oh, oh yeah, I've tried to play the violin. It's uh, it's a lot trickier because it's a lot more ambiguous. <laughs> exactly, it's more fluid. <laughs> yes, no frets or anything. Well, there's, you know what I mean. Yeah, they're, it's hard, they're invisible it's harder frets. to get a certain <laughs> note to come out as opposed to a guitar where you pluck a string and that's your note. Yeah, yeah, it's more violin. Like a, you got to have your angles picked and everything. Exactly, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, well, so what was your first concert ever? Not even rave, just your first concert. I love so that my question. first concert. So. Ah, yeah, no, it was definitely Mayhem Festival in, like, 2002. Wow. I was young. Nice. Um, I think I was, like, 10 or 11. My parents took me to see uh, Metallica, Rob nice. Zombie, all of, like, my roots. That That's where my real roots come from. It's yes. metal. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, mine are similar. I started with Rush. Rush was my oh, first okay. concert. Awesome. I think I actually went to a Rush concert at one point in time. My, my dad's oh, a yeah. big fan of them. Dude, watching people try to air drum to Neil Peart. <laughs> <laughs> watching them get their back broken at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, well, so then what was the first rave you ever went to? So the first blew rave. your mind probably. One that blew my mind. It, it really wasn't a big one. It was a smaller one. It yeah. was something that I... We had a club called Gravity Nightclub, and it, w it was known to be a swingers bar oh, by day. Shit. But by night, mm. it was definitely just where they would throw EDM events. And yeah. we were... Um, the people that I knew were much older than me, so they were the ones throwing shows, and we I was taking pictures, of course. Yeah. And 
This event was just more sucked in. They got a better sound system that night. It was just, I sat down completely sober as a whistle and I got sucked into the music that was playing. And from ever from that day, I'm like, I'm never not braiding. Cheers that to that, one, man. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. You've been at it for a minute. What, when do you th what year yeah. do you think that was? So that was probably the, the one that like really solidified. It was about two years in. So I would say probably about 2009. Okay. Um, well, so what are some musical inspirations that you have? Who, who do you look so, up to from, from so, early to, to now, I guess? So in like my earlier days, I definitely was more of like a trance head or like more pretty stuff. So I really yeah. looked up to Armin Van Buren. Oh, he yeah. was able to take an album and make it feel like it was one song. And that's what I take into my production nowadays. But recently, I've become more or less the term spoken lightly, a wook. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely like my experimental bass, drum and bass, halftime, all those weird wonkier sounds are really what have me now and what I make. Yeah. Awesome. Any, uh, any bass music artists you look up to? So bass music, um, well, Subtronics, He's actually one of my friends. Taught me how to spin poi no when way. I was a youngin. <laughs> so, no so it was, I, I lived in Denver for like two years um, before I went back to Albuquerque and then came down here. And I met him when he was like baby young. Like he's, yeah. he's two years younger than me. No way. So <laughs> he taught me how to spin poi and now he's up there making it big. So honestly, I, I, I definitely look up to him. Oh, he man. made it before I did. That's wild dude wow small world <laughs> very small world. I, I i respected him for uh throwing a tour in the middle of covid when they had to play at the freaking drive-ins um yeah, yeah he, he made it they made it happen i i respected that yeah he put his own money into that one too really I respect him mad for that yeah holy cow yeah, even more respect then. Damn. So, uh, what was the very first gig you ever played? The very first gig I played was for Dr. P. It Ooh. was a house show. Nice. And uh, it was it was different. I, I've never direct supported opened for somebody before, so I was nervous, of course. Oh my but gosh! It, it for came your out. first show ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of Albuquerque is bass house heads. They yes. like their progressive. They yes. like bouncy. Bra brownies they like and lemonade. Yeah, boots and cats, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was definitely nerve wracking because like everybody that locally that I looked up to that was teaching me how to play, I'm taking this spot of, hey, you trained me, get and you got me here, and now I have to perform in front of you. I'm shaking in my britches. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was definitely a moment that helped me really realize not to be nervous anymore when it comes to playing. Um, yeah. Yeah, like overall it was a really good set. I had a lot of people praising me, telling me my track selection was great. And I had a couple originals played out that night wow. that I'd never played for people. And it really changed how I wanted to do music from there. Like I, how... I just want to do all genres. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, cool. Open format, baby. Yep. Yep, that's me.
Um, so I want to get into producing a little bit. Uh, what what all DAWs have you used? So I've used pretty much all of them that nice. are the well-known ones. Um, I mainly use FL and Ableton kind of interchangeably. Okay. It depends on what I need them to use. Um, but I do have like all the good plugins, you know, like a serum, of course. And then um, mainly just outside of that, I'm using a lot of house plugins um, that are just built into the programs. I'm not trying to like do too much, but you can still get everything done with those two, no problem. Yeah. Um, other than that, for instrument recording, I'm using Pro Tools. Gotcha. Pro Tools is my instrument recorder. Nice. Uh, is Serum your favorite synth to use? It's the only one that I've remotely found that has as much range as what type of sound you can get out of it. There is a couple other ones that are getting close to being able to produce yeah. things just as wild, but it, it's just, it's a lot clearer. Everybody has more packs for those it is presets and whatnot. So it's my go-to, yes. Nice. You got any uh, secret sound design techniques you'd be willing to give up? Any little secret techniques sounds. you So, uh, this was burned into my brain off of my like first couple lessons from my homies is uh, automation clips are your friend. Ah. You know how to use them properly. You can make a song flow just as good as you hear, say, a live band tuning down and knowing how to like palm mute or stop certain things. If you know how to use an automation clip, it's going to like have each individual uh, I guess track is the way we would put it. Um, each sound you can control pretty much the volume, but it, you can help it fade in, fade out on each individual level. So I use a lot of automation. I feel that, dude. It is. Uh, it's funny, man. Always teaching people too, and they're looking at just the tracks, but then you switch into automation mode, and they're like, "What? What is this? What did you just what? do?" <laughs> Like, Why is oh, it blending better? This is like 5D <laughs> chess, baby. <laughs> I got five automation clips on this one sound, man. Yep. <laughs> so what's your uh, creative process like? So I've had my moments of like having writer's block a lot. Sure. And it's usually the way that I do it to clear my head. I'll usually go outside, sit in my hammock for a couple hours grab my guitar, try to make some type of chords or licks. Maybe some lyrics will pop into my brain that I can throw to a, um, a vocalist and see how it sounds. But uh, usually I'm just starting with an actual instrument. Yeah. Once I go from there, cool. I import a bass line or something like that into my DAW. And it usually flows Well, I get blocked and I have to go back outside and think some more. <laughs> but uh, so it's usually my process. What would you say your ratio is for instrumentation versus sound design? So um, probably at a, like 35% instrument right now. So 35, 70. Gotcha. I can't do math. math 35, 65. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it so varies, I, but just in general, yeah. So if I'm doing more melodic stuff, I'm definitely having more instruments, especially string instruments. It's just, it sounds prettier. Oh, that, yeah. Those ones 
probably are pushing more than half the song is instruments. But uh, any of these experimental type bass stuff, um, I'm more than likely not putting that much instruments into it and just designing the sounds straight out of Serum or in the keyboard, off my keyboard. Yeah. So uh, how has your production changed from in your in the span of starting off? I'm sure you're probably making house music to now where you're making more grind, dubstep, underground stuff. Yeah, so it was different. I, I mean, I'm very glad I learned what house is and how to make it because they use a certain key signature. It's usually four by four. It's a four count right. all the way through. And it may be hard to play, but it's not hard to make. Right. Um, it helped me develop into what I have now because most experimental bass, heavy bass hitters, they, they don't really drop their notes on straight counts. It's usually like off count. It's experimental. Yep. And... It changed as I saw that when you use some house, you're able to actually throw some like instrumental or less offbeat experimental bass in the same sense of house at the same BPMs. Right. So I was able to literally take from what I knew from a house and completely take it to what I do in experimental bass now and just kind of twitch it a little bit put it a little bit off beat and that's now produced my sound awesome yep it all feeds into itself it's a never-ending story yep <laughs> so uh do you mix and master your stuff so personally i do not um just because the equipment here at my house isn't necessarily the the most wided range sure um Adrian Trait, my co-owner for Unidentified Media Group, he he is a master producer. Uh, uh, he's got his own studio and everything, so I send all my tracks to him. The wizard. But he is <laughs> he is my wizard <laughs> for <yeah>. sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I respect it. I, I go back and forth between wanting other people on my stuff and just trying to do it all in-house. Yeah, I feel it, though. It's, do you... Uh, do you sample at all? Um, every now and then, like, if I'm trying to make some, like, wild random remix, yeah, I sample. Yeah. But really, outside of that, no. I, I make my own I samples. respect it. More of a purist. I wouldn't call it purist. I just, I just, I don't like hunting for it when I can just make it. Yeah. <laughs> now, how nitty gritty do you get with making stuff? Are you making your kicks and snares or like just making so, your instrumentation? I do make my kicks and snares. Um, they usually end up coming off of guitar beats. Oh, um, cool. I do have a decent instrument microphone that's able to like hear knocks and little tinge and like string sounds you know like you're sliding up and down on the strings you, you here's that crispness a little bit better yeah so i'm able to take that into more manipulation when it comes to like if i throw it in serum or something like that and it, it works out a lot better that way so yeah cool yeah, well, uh, some other questions. What is what was your favorite gig you've ever played? My favorite gig I have ever played. No pressure. Let's see. 
So, I mean, to be absolutely honest, um, for a while I was a closet case DJ and producer. It's probably been like only like the past three years I really started pushing to play more. Oh yeah. And about a year ago, oh, we we kind of opened back up down here in Texas to throw shows. Yeah. And uh, we had one show at this place called Vulcan. Oh um, yeah, the Vulcan Gas Company. I saw that yeah, place popping go. off during the the end of quarantine. <laughs> exactly. So one of the first shows they had me play there and that place is a vibe yeah <laughs> everybody was in a mood and i will forever remember that night because awesome. i've never gotten so much praise in my life oh that's sweet was did anybody else play just uh, was it like a local so, show yeah it was just all locals all night uh, i think awesome. it was like a random thursday awesome yeah, I saw a couple, quite a few shows that would always be popping up for me. It was like in quarantine, there's no other shows going on, but all this Texas shit keeps popping up. It's like either Texas or Florida. Man, one of the I two. I get out there. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I'm. No, go ahead. I know, I just laughed. Oh, uh, you're good. <laughs> um, so. Do you, like, teach anybody uh, as far as uh, production at all? Have you so went that way at all? Soon. Soon. Very soon. Nice. Um, my partner, Adrian, um, you'll be talking to him soon, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But he's helping me develop more or less a master class. He took the producer dojo and mm-hmm. a, he he went to Icon for a little bit as well. Nice. So he's he's graduated from both of those, and now he wants to make his own, take the best of all the worlds, and we're going to make our own master class. Oh, that's dope. And um, we're going to try to do it online as well as in person, but we just got to finish ironing out uh, all the like production videos all and the how to logistics and web yeah. design and... <laughs> The, the web design's no problem. I, that's that's oh, my other yeah, you're hobby. Mr. Yeah, <laughs> jack of all trades. Mr. Handyman. <laughs> so, um, pretty much anything with coding, uh, as far as unidentified media group, is where we're gonna be doing these classes for the production. Cool. I have designed all of the websites and I just got to open it and release it and upload all the how-to videos and then we're good to go. Awesome, man. I'm pumped for that. That's exciting. It's very exciting, um, especially being a, like a, this whole year we went from just doing streams in my bedroom or in his bedroom to having well over a thousand people following us and hundreds of people that just come into our live streams all the time and now we're throwing shows we have a business llc and a non-profit it, it is absolutely wild oh that's exciting dude you're grinding <laughs> <laughs> i haven't slept in like two weeks i'm just kidding but still what is sleep yeah exactly um so what's the biggest problem that you've encountered in your journey through musical sorcery so my my biggest problem has been like favoritism and elitism in the whole music scene yeah uh it's kind of why we created our company we wanted to be able to give 
everybody a chance to be able to play and just be heard and not have to like fight tooth and nail for a spot right as if it's a popularity contest yeah like i hate that like it is not the artist's job necessarily to bring a crowd it is the promoter's job to bring people to that bar or venue and a lot of people don't see it that way they see oh this guy's gonna bring me a bunch of numbers and i'm gonna have a bunch of money we don't care about the money we just want to see people do good good mental health bring music into the scene and have everybody be something because everybody on this planet has something to offer yep if only bookings were based on sound design and not SoundCloud <laughs> followers. Exactly. Like, we just signed uh, a homie that I can't disclose just yet. Yeah. But he only has 13 followers on all his social medias. I love it. And <laughs> his sound design is incredible. Yes. <laughs> so, death to that. Yep. Hey, I respect it, man. So, uh, what's the best system that you've played on? My best system probably was an F1 system. Uh, I was at a uh, little, like, I guess it was like a three-day. I was only there for two uh, under Subsidy. Uh, Yeah. All my homies. Hell yeah, I got a song coming out on their label in a couple weeks. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Elias and Freddy are absolute peaches. Oh, (laughs) Um, so I played a F1 system there. Um, they were just doing open deck type stuff, but that was probably the best system I've ever played on. It's so clean. That's awesome. F1. I don't think I've played on one of those. So how do you handle, uh, like traveling? What's your, your farthest drive you've made to a gig? So I'm sure in I drive Texas, usually it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter where I'm going; it's 12 hours. <laughs> um, they book me in Albuquerque a lot still, so oh, that is probably my f- farthest drive. I have to drive 12 hours there, 12 hours back. Woo! I mean, it it's not that bad. I usually stay there for a while since my uh, my daughter does live there, so yeah. I do take some time. Sure, I respect it, man. It. Um, so, do you want to talk a little bit more about what it's been like running on an unidentified media group? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, as most business people know, it's it, it's a large filtering out the trash. Sure. Um, so, we had a couple streams that were like big festival streams. We had like 55 plus artists playing. Oh, wow. And we took that to be able to branch out to like multiple states and bring people in and start developing a a true community that doesn't isn't one geographic location it's been kind of stressful doing that sure because a lot of it's just online hoping somebody's going to respond back to you make sure they get a set in at a certain day yeah on a, on a certain time too, or have backups to be able to make sure that you can cover their ass if they don't send it in. Yep. So yeah, stress up the wazoo, but overall it's been extremely relieving to find that there has been a load of people that believe in our venture, um, especially that we started off as a nonprofit push. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. How did... Uh, was that whose idea was that 
I so it was it was a mutual idea. Yeah. So I I wanted to do the stuff legally, and I'm like, we need to do it as a nonprofit if we're gonna do collections and sending money back and forth. Yeah. Just for tax refunds. Taxes can come and bite you in the ass. The IRS oh, does not care yeah. who you are, what you do. Oh yeah. But initially, doing all the stuff for charity was Adrian's idea. Yeah. He wanted to do our first show for the Amazon um, conservation to save the trees. Yeah. And that is our first stream was called Save the Jungle. Yeah. And uh, hint, hint, this month, Save the Jungle 5, probably the last one. Yeah. But uh, we're back at it again for our one year for that one. Oh, awesome. But again, it was his idea, and I kind of just ran with it. Yeah. And um, did, did all the legal stuff, and then... Um, I think it was about four months in that we're, we both sat there and just like, we need to make like money, money. And we can't do that under the nonprofit. At least I can't because I'm the nonprofit head. Yeah. So we had to make a whole nother company. <laughs> so it's all under the UMG umbrella. I got you. And actually, let me retract that. We can't say UMG anymore because of Universal Media Group. So uh. Unidentified Media Group. <laughs> Um, basically we made an LLC and that LLC now gave us our ability to throw our shows, uh, claim money as a business, um, tax breaks, of course, but uh, a lot of discounts and be able to get loans for our venues that we want to get. Yeah. We're working on our studios. And so we're, we're just slowly inching up to a, a base of being a bigger company with a lower following mindset if you know what i mean yes more underground but still with realistic yeah. business groundwork yeah exactly so other than that we're we're just pushing out the record label side of things right now we're we've collected four artists that we have signed uh they're all releasing um eps in the next coming three months and then uh, the collective album that's, it's out kinda, we've been teasing it, but it's uh, just maybe like 80 more followers on our Facebook and uh, we will be releasing that to the public awesome. for listening and for purchasing. That particular album, uh, it's its gonna be for charity again. Oh. Cause that was gonna be our first one. Everybody donated and all that stuff. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, we're at about a half an hour. I was just, uh, that's all the questions I got really. I do though, I'm hoping you can do a guest mix for us or give us and or release a, uh, a song of yours. If, if you're interested, if you want to debut a song or anything or, or what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll definitely jump on the decks and I can give you a little short mini mix yeah. just let me know how long it, dude <laughs> and, um, I, I can go like Joe Rogan length man it, it can be as long as you want <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I will step off and record that at a later time yeah but, yeah alright man well uh, again you want to just uh, plug your your SoundCloud and everything your your, your profile so mine for my artist is uh, Devox Mo, uh, Devox Music Official. That's pretty much all my handles are under that same one, except for Twitter. Twitter is, does not exist for me. That's fine. As far as the uh, business stuff, um, 
Unidentified MG. Um, our website is unidentifiedmg.com as well. Awesome. That's all our good stuff. All right, man. Well, it's been an honor having you. I'm glad you reached out and uh, we were able to make this happen. Yeah, man, I appreciate it as well. It's been a pleasure talking yeah, to you I res- about my life. I respect your hustle, <laughs> man. Keep it up. Thank you. I will. All right, man. <laughs> then the recording. You're listening to the Bass Music Podcast with Cashmere. Why would you think? And if I'm being honest, it might have been a nightmare. To anyone who might care. Might have been a nightmare.
work, 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 work,
You're listening to the Bass Music